welcome to the MC Nerd Jock Show. That's right, the only place where you can get your music, you can get your nerd, geek culture, and your sports in the same location. That's right, through the hard way, with your boy, GameCube That Dude, a.k.a. The Black Ninja, a.k.a. DJ Awesome, a.k.a. Funky Lil Brown, also known as the Mayor of Macomb County, rocking with your boy right here every Monday. Oh man, beat rocking, man. I gotta let the beat go a little bit. Shout out to Slumber Logic, good looking. Now this episode right here, this first one right here, this one right here, it's called the intro. Hold on, hold on. Nah, I don't think I heard me. I said this one right here, it's called the intro. Thank you, thank you. Welcome to the NC Nerd Jack Show. I'm your host, GameCube Dead Dude. And this, of course, like I said, is the intro. The first episode, thank you for rocking with us. I'm so excited, man. This is going to be great. So I guess since this is the intro, I should probably introduce myself, <laughs> at least just a little bit. Um, so... I'm an MC uh, podcaster, obviously, uh, as of recent, um, a DJ, former wedding DJ, and on my main job, I work in the service industry. Uh, one day, I may get into what exactly I do, um, but probably not on this show. Uh, but it does bring us to the reason why I'm doing this show, uh, many reasons, uh, obviously because I love music, I love sports, and I love comic books and movies and video games and all that kind of stuff. Because I work in the service industry and have worked in different jobs where I was able to listen to music and different things like that a lot, um, I actually got tired of listening to music, especially while I was DJing weddings. I was just constantly listening to music, so I needed something else to listen to while I was at work. So I started uh, listening to podcasts. This was about 2015, I think, 2014. So I'm like, "Yo, let me, let me." I heard about this Joe Rogan guy. I know, I knew about him from Fear Factor, um, and obviously the Chappelle show so I was trying to see I wasn't really feeling his podcast but I was like there's got to be some other type of podcast he can't be the only person doing podcasts so I looked up hip-hop podcast first one I saw happened to be the first hip-hop podcast and let me make this clear on the very first episode that the first hip-hop podcast was Juan Epp or at the time, Juan Epstein with Cypher Sounds and Peter Rosenberg from Hot 97. Uh, so started listening to them back then. Uh, and then also, I liked that so much and was kind of went through their back catalog really fast. <laughs> and then I think at the time, they might have been at a, on a hiatus, so they didn't really have a whole lot that they were putting out uh, consistently at the time um, which they are now so make sure you uh, check out their show too because uh, definitely heavily influenced by Juan Epp's life so 
big shout out to them. And then next, you know, I started listening to Combat Jack, uh, the Combat Jack show. Um, rest in peace, Combat Jack. Definitely was a big influence as well because from him uh, through the people that he kind of brought into the industry, podcast industry, um, I started listening to another reason why I'm doing this, which is for our nerd show or what used to be Fan Bros. Um, with DJ Benjamin and uh, Tatiana King. And when I started listening, uh, back then, they had a third person. Shout out to Chico Leo, too. Now it's just Tatiana and Benjamin. And it's incredible. Just like it was back then. It's even more incredible now. It's just got better and better. Man, those those two are incredible they they really know how to uh dissect uh nerd culture especially when it comes to to i mean geez they did all the marvel shows um all the the house of dragon like all that stuff they they've done different shows so um definitely shout out to them and please check out their podcast um and amazing so what you got is there kind of noticing the theme of the show is that I, I shout out people a lot um i got no problem giving people props so i will be shouting out people and highlighting people that i uh think are dope and and definitely think that you should check out because if you listen to podcasts like i do there's plenty of time to listen to all of them um this just happens to be the one place that you can come and get all of your favorites in one spot you know what i'm saying um, so hopefully one day I can get, you know, Seif Rosenberg on here. One day get uh, Ben Hameen and uh, Tatiana on here as well. Of course, with the sports. Um, so like I said, I was, you know, trying to figure out, man, I, I, I got to get all the stuff that I that I like. They probably got a show for everything, man. They get they already got a couple hip hop shows that I like. I done found me some nerd stuff. Like I, I can get them my comic book stuff, and they really get deep into it. Like that's this man. This is this is awesome. So now I'm thinking like, there's got to be a, some good sports ones, right? Because I figure you know, ESPN got to have something. Uh, and then actually, what brought me over, I started watching, uh, or started listening to the Michael K show uh, out of uh, New York. ESPN New York, uh, actually because of Rosenberg from High 97. He's, I guess he got a job over there. I don't know how I found that out, but somehow I found that out from watching something. Or, and so I started rocking with that. And, man, those those three, um, Down the Greco, Michael K., Peter Rosenberg, are some of the best uh, in the business doing this. And so anybody that wants to learn how to how to be able to talk on the mic – and really um, expand in sports, and man, those guys—they—they they really incredible. Um, Rosenberg is is one of the best on the radio, um, and then Down the Greca is is an amazing play-by-play uh, for for the Rangers as as well, and, and does pre and post for the Jets. Then obviously Michael K. If you know anything about the Yankees, he is the voice of the Yankees for TV, for the Yes Network. Uh, and then also, obviously, he has the Michael K. Uh, afternoons in New York City, so that's a, that's a pretty big deal. Um, 
So definitely uh, three professionals that uh, I was able to kind of listen to for a while uh, and learn from and and really try to figure out how I'm going to attack this because, you know, I, and, 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 and thank you guys for listening. I, I really don't know. Hopefully by the time you guys are rocking with me, uh, you can kind of figure out um, how this how I'm going to release the content. I don't know right now. It'll probably be more of a broader scale, especially with sports and, and, uh, everything probably more a broader scale of what I'm covering and talking about and not as much recent stuff. Um, as we're starting out, um, try to get it starting out like maybe two, three times a, a month, putting out, uh, episodes. Um, so, like I said, everything won't be as recent um, starting out, but hopefully we can kind of get to where it's more like uh, one to two a week um, where we're getting. So um, definitely I appreciate you guys being patient and rocking with me. Uh, that is our intro. So uh, we'll check, check in with our sponsors and we'll be back to cover hip hop. Yeah, I'm saying because I just checked out this Jay Dilla uh, documentary on FX, and uh, I got a couple clips I want to show you because there's there's some things I've been I've been thinking because I it really helped me kind of kind of explain my you know Jay Dilla the reason why I respect him and 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 appreciate him so much, um, and I got a couple theories on the hip hop world about Jay Dilla as well. So I, I think Jay Dilla and Eminem might be the two most iconic people in Detroit hip hop history as far as like the outside world perceives it. Uh oh, I'm starting trouble. Alright, let's get to our sponsors. A word from our sponsors right now. We'll be right back. Hey, good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. And good night. Roto Rooter, that's the name. Free readings, call now. And we back. Alright, so I checked this uh, J. Doe documentary like i said um on fx which the legacy of jay dilla it's called you definitely should check it out for sure um it's like a, a little over an hour long so it's not it, it's not crazy long um definitely like i said if you you know if you haven't read if you want to get more in depth in dilla and kind of learning a little bit more about detroit hip-hop history um, I mean, not not in depth in Detroit hip hop, Detroit hip hop history, but definitely in depth uh, in regards to Dilla and his relationship to where he where he's from, which is obviously Detroit. Um, <clears throat> definitely, you'll get that more in the book uh, Dilla Time by Dan Charnis. Um, but this documentary, definitely, if you don't know anything about. Uh, JD or, or J Dilla or uh, James Dwight Yancey or formerly known as John Doe 
you know, definitely, uh, this is is a wonderful inter- introduction, um, and it kind of gives you, you know, kind of beginning to end, which is nice because um, I I've seen other documentaries. I remember I used to back back when iPods or iPods, people had iPods. Um, I had the Still Shining documentary um, after he passed. Uh, I had that on my iPod, and I would watch that uh, quite often. That was a little bit more like it seemed. Uh, you know, I I should probably do my research on on who directed that and, and produced that and, and put that out. Uh, the Still Shining documentary. I would imagine probably whoever put out the album uh, Still Shining. Um, but, um, you know, that would seem like it was a little bit more family oriented, kind of behind the scenes, like a family home video collective, uh, and all of that footage kind of brought together where this seemed, this was definitely based off of that, that interview that like one super rare interview where, you know, Dilla finally sat down with somebody that, you know, at least had a little bit of history on him and, and uh, respected his craft and knew enough to ask him certain questions. So he was receptive and, and you know, uh, responsive uh, in a positive way. So it was really nice to kind of hear firsthand from Dilla on, on certain, certain situations, um, you know, without trying to give away too much because I definitely would... I don't want to spoil it because I, I think it's enjoyable. Um, like I said, if you don't know much or don't know anything about Jay Dilla, or especially if you kind of already know, um, it's kind of cool hearing it from Jay Dilla's mouth, especially like after reading the book and, and learning so much more about his family, um, which I, you know, I, I'll kind of get into to Dilla time a little bit further on in the podcast but uh or in the show um but that book uh you know I don't want to sound like I've read the whole thing you know I'm like a few chapters in so um but I but I came in already knowing uh stuff as well so so yeah that definitely is uh definitely a documentary that you need to go see uh need to go watch so, what I kind of want to, I had a couple clips that, that stood out to me and, and kind of explained, you know, why I, why I even know so much about, about uh, Jay Dilla and, and, you know, his importance in hip hop uh, and, and what I don't think uh, Jay Dilla and Slump Village don't get credit for is their importance in and hip hop for sure, but in Detroit hip hop history, um, you know, I really would love for someone to finally do a documentary on Detroit hip hop history, like a real in-depth one that can kind of show the full broad scale. But kind of the little bit that I, I kind of know just off the, the research that I've done over the years, you know, I definitely know that that back in the mid to late 90s, you know, when the hip hop shop opened up off Seven Mile, uh, you know, definitely proof was 
you know, as they, as they appropriately called him, he was the mayor. So I thought it was really cool. Uh, one of the clips they talked about uh, one of the young ladies, um, which I'm going to have to look her name up. And I'll, uh, uh, man, I'm going to have to put it in here some, somehow. Which give me one sec, actually, because I want to look this up while I'm uh, playing the clip. Um, but she uh, was a writer um, at the time um, for one of the, the local newspapers. And she spoke with, with proof, um, which, if you don't know, his, his real name was Deshaun Porter. Uh, so that's what she calls him, Deshaun Porter D12, but it's, it's proof. Eminem's uh, best friend and and uh, also a hype man and when he performed. Um, and, you know, from all accounts of the research that I've done, definitely kind of a, a head figure in bridging, uh, you know, the east and the west side of Detroit and, and kind of really... Uh, championing hip-hop in Detroit and, and being a godfather of uh, what was what was to come uh, for Detroit, for sure. Kind of bridging the gap between the streets and lyricism, like, that's that's proof 100-100 because he was he was connected, you know, I mean, he, he, like, knew the dudes that was in the streets, but he also knew all the hip-hop guys, too, so, he, like, proof was, was the mayor of the city from, from all accounts that I've um, I mean, I've watched and, and read a bunch of stuff, you know, from from interviews from Eminem, from like di- a bunch of different people from around the city, from uh, you know, members of D12, even like like Marv One on the Math when he was on the Math Hoffa uh, podcast, and then talking about proof, um, you know, definitely him him kind of being that. Uh, that mayor of the city so um so definitely if he's saying it uh you know it's it's probably true when it comes to detroit hip-hop so um i'm gonna play you guys this clip real quick um and then i'll kind of kind of play you a few other clips real quick um and then i'll kind of go into like why like how i kind of why Dilla became so important to me, and and uh, you know his his influence, especially as an artist and a lover of music, like it uh, it was kind of crazy. Like all the, it felt like he was like Kevin. He was like the Kevin Bacon of my of my hip hop journey. You know what I mean? Like he was at every different six degrees of separation. I slowly started to like dissect and, and figure out that like Dilla was behind it all. So. Uh, definitely this documentary helped me to kind of put that in perspective and be able to kind of put it into words and and bring it, bring it here. So, um, big shout out to, um, FX for whatever, you know, executive felt like, yo, this, we should green like this because this is, this is important. Like shout out to y'all for real. that dealer was working busy his life advanced as the money advanced so this is like uh 
beats rhymes on lifetime for Dilla. The money's starting to come yep. in a little bit. Dilla was kind of unmanned to handle. Sorry, Dilla's I'm trying to skip through to get to the part that, that I was talking about. What's his back end? Remember one of the rappers in D12, Denon Porter. Here we go. Negotiating those deals. All right, hold on. Became more and more important as he was more and more in demand. There was there was plenty of money flowing in. I first started covering music in Detroit. I remember one of the rappers in D12, Denon Porter, telling me this, that oh. everything <laughs> changed when JD pulled up in a green Jaguar. And they were like, oh, wait, you can make money from this. All right, so that's that's the part that I'm talking about. The Uma, it was an incredible thing. It was an accomplishment. A good little while we rode around with... A license plate that had the Uma on the back. So that's Buster Bus and Zane. But most of those records. Uh, so yeah, so so first off, so my bad. That was uh, Denai, uh Mr. Porter, as he goes by now. Uh, I apologize. I thought that was proof that 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 uh, she was talking about the first time I watched it. Um. Even still, I mean, Danan, you know, Mr. Porter has, has, I mean, he's produced a bunch of stuff for 50. He's worked at Dr. Dre. I mean, he's, yeah, he, he, he's certified too. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, like you said, you know what I mean? So, so to get into what I was <laughs> starting trouble, right? Uh, first episode, we already started trouble. Yeah. You know I mean, uh, so to kind of get into what I was talking about. Um, the reason why I feel like Elise Fadilla, um, and why I get frustrated as as uh, you know, a supporter, and I, and I um, and then it'll kind of bring me into into why I personally get frustrated at, at myself and just the times. Um, so. I mean that's so Mr. Porter part of D12 D12 formed because of the hip hop shop. So for y'all that don't know um the movie 8 Mile was based off of uh, a real life time in Detroit um in the 90s early to late 90s uh, really, early, yeah, late was kind of the tail end of it because that's when people really started, you know, blowing up and, and actually starting to get signed off of what was going on before that. But um, so the hip hop shop, which if I'm going to do this right, I should take the time to tell you guys the real. So hold on. The hip hop shop uh, was off of Seven Mile. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, more west side. Um, yeah, west side. Uh, um, and it, it was a uh, it was a clothing store. I'm trying to sorry. I'm trying to figure out what the gentleman's name was that that actually opened up the store um 
but it was a clothing store and then you know what i mean they would have like an open mic basically and cats would come through the hottest dudes in the city and and, and around around metro detroit would come through and they would spit just like similar to what you see on eight mile um but maurice malone i i was it's funny i was gonna say malone but i, I ain't want to be wrong all right, so this is coming from the actual page right here. I'm going to read the, the first paragraph real quick. Uh, this is the home of the original world-famous Detroit hip-hop shop, open from 1993 to 1997 by fashion designer Maurice Malone. Uh, once located on the west side of Detroit's Michigan's Seven Mile Road, which if you're from the city, you know that Detroit's... Uh, you know that Seven Mile, the Detroit section of Seven Mile, is a is a place. It's not just. It's like it's like a it's like its own city of its own. It's like a city of its own from the east to the west. Uh, Seven Mile is is where it gets popped. Uh, so it says here from five to seven every Saturday afternoon. Uh, everybody would come through from Eminem to members of D12, Sloan Village. Um, yeah, everybody come through there. So um, that's that's what the hip hop shop was about. So um, everybody in the city that was anybody that was trying to do hip hop. And, and let me even put a per, uh, in even more perspective. So. Uh, coming from my so I can put in context when it comes to me so at the time I you know I'm 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 all right let me get this off from the jump all right I'm not I'm not from Detroit um so I don't ever want to uh anyone to get the wrong misconception that I'm from Detroit um my parents were in the military we moved around a lot uh, I moved to Metro Detroit, as we call it around here. It was basically the suburbs of Detroit, uh, Mount Clemens, uh, 96 to like 99. And then we moved and came back. And I spent majority of my time uh, around the Macomb County, like which is basically Metro uh, Detroit, the suburbs of Detroit. Um I've worked a lot in the city of Detroit. Um, so that's geographically how I know where, how the city kind of runs. Um, but I, I have so much love and respect for the people in the city of Detroit that I don't ever want to um, lead people on and, and make it seem like I'm trying to uh, receive clout in any kind of way by discussing um, people from the city and trying to take credit. I, I don't ever want to make it seem like I'm trying to take credit for or or, or anything like that. It, it's all an appreciation and a love. Um, I have no problem admitting that I wish I was from Detroit. Like, I, I there's so much, like, culture, black history. Like, it's... Uh, I got so much love for Detroit that I, anytime I speak about anybody from Detroit, it's 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 out of pure love because I I respect you guys so much, 
and I've been able I've been uh, so without trying to give away like exactly you know what I uh, what I used to do for work and what I currently do for work uh, so I used to work Nah, I got no problem saying what I used to. I mean, I used to work for the post office. Uh, so I worked in, in South, mostly like Southwest Detroit. Uh, uh, I used, I worked, I worked at the one downtown. So anybody that's from the area, y'all, y'all, y'all know. Uh, 48226, uh, 48208. Uh, and where else did we do? I forget now. It's been some years. <laughs> Um, so that's kind of where I was at. Uh, and then after that, I started working in the service industry. So I, I, I'm kind of in, in, in and out of Detroit all the time. So, um, like I said, you know, never, never speaking on it from a place of trying to, um, receive any kind of cloud or street credit because I'm not from the streets. I I don't try to pretend to be. Uh, I can only speak on what I've seen and and what I've um, witnessed in regards to that, which isn't much. I don't, like I said, I don't try to pretend to be something that I'm not. Um, Which I mean, speak on on that kind of stuff over here anyways. It's not what I'm here for. Um, So yeah, just kind of putting it all into perspective when I when I try to give a historical context, it's 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 not speaking from a place like, oh, yeah, I know because I'm from here. No, I don't want to ever lead people on to to say that I know because I have so much love for the city that I've done the research to try to be factual um, and try to teach other people that that. Uh, only spend their money downtown that's really what it uh, you know I got so much love for I mean you know I I just appreciate uh, the city so much that it upsets me when I see people from the suburbs only spend their money downtown and not appreciate anything else outside of 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 that little that little circle literal circle and not and not go down the uh, the spokes <laughs> and branch out into the city you know what I'm saying um, so uh, that's kind of where that comes from but I, I definitely love the city so uh, yeah so the hip hop shop uh, so everybody used to gather there um, so when Denai, Mr. Porter's talking about Dilla popping up that's that's more than likely around the places that he that he was seeing him at um. So, what I was trying to get at is that Jay Dilla, I think, is really kind of the bridge. Uh, you know, what I mean, he seems like he was kind of the first one that really popped off for real, for real. Like, they, I ain't gonna say he was the first one because obviously there was there was people before him. Um, which is, yeah, I think there was a few others, but. The first ones that come to mind uh, is Esham. Um, you know, it was really one of the first ones that I know of that was really kind of popping off in the city. May not have necessarily been the type of music that everybody's really trying to rock with, 
it was one of the first dudes popping off in the city um so Badilla was seems like was the first one that really popped off in the industry that was making money off of hip hop you know what I mean cause Detroit always is about getting money so people were, I ain't gonna I ain't trying to say it like people were not here getting money cause folks was out here getting money you know what I mean but Dilla seemed like Dilla Slum Village well even more so Dilla not even so much Slum Village um when it comes to just reading the book it doesn't seem like the first deal for Slum Village didn't even pop off uh it kind of crumbled a little bit and then Dilla was able to because of Amp Fiddler was able to shop his demo through Q-Tip uh the Slum Village demo uh demo and everybody was kind of rocking with the beats more so than than Slum Village so that's how Dilla popped off um but what's crazy and how they kind of talk about at the end of that clip is the Uma, the Uma, the Uma, the Uma. So one of my first like introductions to to hip hop around that time, '97, was was uh, my first album or, or CD that I was able to, to to buy myself was the Men in Black soundtrack. And I think I got some birthday money or something. Uh, it, honestly, it might even been bought. I might not even bought it myself. It might have been bought for me. Um, but it was a, it was one of the first CDs that was kind of meant for for me. Like I think it was a Men in Black one, if I'm not mistaken, was for me. And then my brother got the Good Burger. It might have been vice versa. Uh, but that Men in Black one really stuck with, stuck with me. And you know, year I'm like, man, that's that's one of my favorite albums, like for sure. And then years years later, I'm in college. So that was '97. Years later, I'm in college, like. 2011 2012 you know what i mean i'm i'm starting to starting to really get on my my musical journey you know what i'm saying i'm like uh 2020 uh, 21 years old you know what i'm saying i'm really starting to come on my own when it comes to music and i start going back because I, I used to rock with with slum village uh with tainted on a on a first uh their first album without without Dilla uh when it was about 10 Elzai and, and T3 um rocking with that album the Trinity album uh and then uh the next album after that as well and then uh not really keeping up with them as much you know throughout high school and stuff like that and then and then reconnecting in college got my lap got my first laptop you know i went crazy on on them uh the first uh <laughs> streaming sites as we it wasn't really streaming but but the first dsps where you could get all the music any music you wanted you know what i'm saying i, I ain't gonna shout them out but we was on it you know what i'm saying um so i i i kind of caught up back uh, on all my old music and and backtrack on, on stuff so started rocking and, and getting in some village i'm like man it, dudes was really was really had some crazy fire beats like who's making all they beats man and i i found out about okay it was dude jay dilla like he was there was three dudes one of the dudes rapping he also made the beats and, and like the dude that kind of had like the, the stutter rap on, on all these Slum Village songs on on, on the Fantastic uh, Volume One and Two, like stutter the stutter rap dude, 
Like he was making the beats too. I was like, okay, that's dope, man. This dude fire, dude. Like and that, and then so you know me, I, I'm like, yo, I I gotta know more. I gotta know. Okay, what else did he do? Did he, did he do any beats for anybody else? And then I I'm like, oh shoot, man, this dude, he did he did beats for for Tricar Quell. Hey, hold on, hold on now, hold on now. Let's slow your roll now. Now, now we're not we talking. A tribe called Quest. What? Now look it up and say, yo, I I done listened to this song a billion times. I didn't know a dude from Detroit was was making the beats. And then I found out about the Uma. I'm like, okay. She talking like this. They had super groups back then, back in the late '90s. They had super groups. You talking Q-Tip? You talking Ali Shaheed Mohammed? You talking about Raphael Sadiq? You talking about D'Angelo and JD? Come on now, nah, 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 son. This ain't real. The Uma? What? Then I found out the Men in Black soundtrack was executive produced by So So Def and the Uma. Mic drop. That's how I felt, man. Mic drop, like for real. Like I, 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 I was speechless. I didn't know what to do. It was, it was, I felt that's how I was staring into the air. Just like, yo, what is going on? You mean to tell me that after all these years, I've been rocking with this dude. I've been rocking with all this music that I love. And then... Uh, uh, hold on, hold on now. You know what? Before I even finish, I, I got to play you this other clip. Like, for real, hold on. Check this out, y'all. This is his uh, sister, Martha. And then his brother, John. You know, how do you feel? He's like, it feels like work now. The whole fame thing was definitely not an attraction to James. He's not trying to have people in his face. Like, people have invited him to, to video shoots and all kind of stuff. He's like, no, nah, it's all good. I'd rather stay at home. He's a private guy. I like being in my warm, relaxing bubble and making, Frank beats, Nitty. What making up, people happy and making money that way. Fame was a, just a function of achieving the goal. It was not the goal. He was too much of an introvert. He didn't like taking pictures, not even for the answers. family. Probably around 97, 98. Is when he really was like, you know what, Frank? I ain't leaving no more. They're gonna come here and work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See? See, Diddler was starting trouble. He was starting trouble with that. Because that's what that's what happened. So everybody came to him, right? So all this energy was happening in the city when I was here. But I didn't know what was going on. Man. And before you know it, everybody was there. One by one, they come to Detroit to kind of see what he's doing. So that includes comment. It also oh. includes Black Thought from the groups. Buster Rhymes and other people start making the trip out I'm there. 20 miles north. So many people. It would be people lined up. I'm 20 miles north of history going on, man. That's why I'm upset. 
we used to be over there. I mean, not over there in Corner Gardens. That was a little more, a little more northwest than, than where we used to be when we came. The few times that we came to the city, we was over here on the east side. And Corner Gardens is still on the east side. It's on, it's on the border, but it's on the east side, baby. I was, I was over there, man. History was happening, and I didn't know. That's what frustrates me. That's why I had to go and start digging. I had to figure this out for myself. I said, yo, what is going on? You mean to tell me all this early hip-hop that I was already influenced by and just, just, just barely scratch the surface of. Yeah, I mean, just, just, just barely scratching. And then I started to to dive into it, and I found out it was from home. What I call home, what I chose as home. That's what y'all don't understand. Why well, I got so much love for Detroit. And, and, and its surrounding areas because this is the place that I chose. See, my family don't live around here. You know what I'm saying? See, I chose this place as home. So I I, I, I felt the connection because I felt like this is, this is why I chose this place as home is because this, this is what helped shape me. Dilla helped shape me as a music lover as a music connoisseur as a historian Dilla helped shape that so that's the importance that's why I had to go to Dilla Troy 3 when it was at the Dime underground downtown and I got to meet Mama Yancey and I got to my, my Dukes and I got, I got to see Fat Cat perform live and in person I got to see Bumpy Knuckles come in Big broad shoulders, look like anybody rough anybody up up in the whole club. I don't care who had it, what on him. It looked like he would stick them before they pulled it out. Bumpy Knuckles was in the building and I was there because I felt that connection to Dilla. And if they was gonna be celebrating something, when I had the ability to be there, they was gonna be celebrating something. Twenty miles north. Or 20 miles south of where I was living. History was going to be happening 20 miles south of me. I was going to make sure I wasn't going to miss it this time. So that's why I felt it was important. So I got one other clip. I don't even remember what it was about, but I knew I had a third one. So uh, pardon me, I kind of got off on a tangent. A little bit more than I expected. But, uh, you know, I appreciate y'all rocking with me for this for this first episode. You know what I'm Oh man, now I'm messed up. Oh yeah, that's right. All right, Almost so check parallel this. to the same pattern of interest from Q-tip, like the Uma. You have a similar kind of pattern with the Soulquarians. Mm-hmm. Questlove, the drummer for the Roots, and uh, D'Angelo get really excited about what JD's doing with the rhythms, what the way he's using samples. It was so weird how this happened. Uh, Amir knew that. He was, you know, of course, he was Aquarius, and then he knew Amir James Quest Boy was Aquarius, mm-hmm. and D'Angelo. 
So he, he thought that was bizarre That's already. Logical, right, he thought that was bizarre. Then when we just happened to talk one day in the session, like, found out I was a queer. So he's like, whoa. That was it. Neo Soul is really a tag, I think, <laughs> that was put onto the output of the Soul Cranes. Robert Glass. If you ask me what Neo Soul is, it's Dilla influenced R&B. <laughs> Tell him, Robert. You know what I mean? It's kind of like smoothed out, more hip hop influenced R&B. But the hip hop they're influenced by is really from the Jay Dilla school. That just messed me all up. Wrecked me. That's common. Really enjoy going to his house to work because we have fun. Dylan would be going through records, and it was part part of it. I just enjoyed the journey of like, okay, what are we gonna get now? What are we gonna? What is he gonna create? What is he gonna come up with? And it was almost, it was like a challenge slash fun and inspiration. So I love that process. This sound was very. So I cut it because I didn't want to spoil. Uh, you know, a part that really hit me um, about Common and Dilla. Um, but go watch, go watch the doc, man. Um, and I'll show you why that that part's important. But uh, so now I remember why I had this clip because, man, like it, it, it's not just hip hop, man. So then I started going like a- after the Men in Black album, I started going more. I'm like, yo, Erica Badu. I'm like, oh man, the common stuff. Like, like when I started getting in the, I'm at where I mean, I guess you know, you start. Uh, Erica Badu is 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 really the only other. But back in the hip hop, you started going in more conscious. Like when I, uh, more conscious stuff that I that I started getting into as as an adult, and not just stuff that influenced me as a kid. But now I'm starting to get into stuff that, uh, you know, I'm influenced as as an adult. Um, you know, I, I you start getting the comedy, you start getting in the roots, you start getting into Tyler Kali, you start getting the uh, uh, Yasin Bay, uh, formerly known as Most Def. Like, it, it really starts to you talking about skill, mad skills, the rapper, like you, uh, consequence, like you know what I mean, You're like you, uh, bust a rhyme. Well, Oh man, yo, that the Anarchy album, that's that's all laced with bunch. It, it's all Dilla. It's uh, Dilla produced like half the album. You know what I'm saying? And that's, I mean, that's that's right around the time that. So it was crazy, right? So I'm uh, like I said, I, you know, I, I, I'm I'm in Metro Detroit around this time when when this history is taking place. Dilla decides, hey. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to New York no more. I'm kind of just gonna be, you know, kind of hermit in, in my own crib. This is what I do. If y'all, y'all mess with me, then y'all come here. Y'all, y'all come to the D. Y'all come kick it with me. We make some beats. We hit the strip club. We, we, we do what we do. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, um, around that time, I was, I was around, I was around here. I was in Detroit area. Then we moved. We was in Europe. Now, when we was in Europe from like '99 to '02, that's when like Neo Soul became like a real, real big thing around that time. Like '99 to '02, uh, you start getting like obviously Erica Badu blew up. 
she's the biggest R&B star uh, Kind of like the, the spokesperson for quote unquote Neo Soul Then you got like Maxwell's blowing up around that time D'Angelo obviously is as big as it can get um, Lauren Hill even re- released her solo album Which has like hints of Neo Soul influence With the art, you know, with the hip hop uh, then you got um, like music soul child started coming out then like yeah I mean R&B really started to change a little bit it was a lot more Dilla influenced like more instrumental it got away so alright so we're gonna go break it down in history right so you got 90s you got 90s hip, 90s R&B right it's very um hip-hop influence but in a different way right so you have teddy riley you have jermaine dupree you have uh yeah puff yeah i mean so you got uh and then you got uh you know if you're slowing it down or i'm sorry you also got timbaland too right so you got and then you slowing down you got Babyface, you got uh uh la reed like that that kind of uh, Jimmy Jam, all them kind of mid in between that uh, with Janet Jackson and stuff. But um, so you have a very different sound. Uh, sound is a lot more, uh, a lot more drum machines, right? So you got uh, Teddy Riley's, you know, he's using a, a beat machine with, with a little bit of instrumentation influenced in it. Um, you know, obviously Timberland's on a beat machine. Um, you know, it's it's hip hop influenced that way, right? It's R and B over hip hop beats. It's not necessarily R and B influenced by hip hop. If that makes any sense, right? So the singing is R&B, but the instrumentals that they're singing over are hip-hop beats. Like those beats themselves, if they had no singing over them, your first thought to them would be to rhyme over them, not to sing. It's not a singing beat. It's a hip-hop beat for you to spit bars over. Teddy Riley with New Jack Swing. Uh, Puffy when he was uptown and then switched did with Bad Boy and Mary J. Blige uh, and then Jermaine Dupri who's doing So So Deaf um, Usher you know all those um, uh, nah I'm slipping uh, Escape you know what I mean it's, it's, it's over R&B over hip hop beats what Robert Glasper is talking about when he says that there was a change that happened. There was a switch. What Neo Soul is, what hip hop became in the late era, I'm sorry, what R and B became in the late nineties, uh, in the in the in the uh, early two thousands, the sound switched from R and B over hip hop beats to R and B influenced by hip hop. So those beats that Dilla was making for Slum Village for the Fantastic Volume 1, Volume 2, what he made for, uh, well, really, Volume 1, because Volume 2 came just shy of, I mean, it could be kind of lumped in, because you got Busta, you got Q-Tip, you got 
Jazzy Jeff, like that's that's also Aquarians. That's all the same. Same around the same time as things fall apart, as Mama's Gun. Um, like I said, uh, fantastic as as like Water for Chocolate. That's all Electric Lady Studios, New York. That's all uh, the Voodoo related albums. So D'Angelo once they once after after the Uma. Um, so what we're what what Robert Glasper is talking about is what R and B became because of the Uma, which you know if you watch the documentary, you find out a lot of those beats by the Uma were Jay Dilla beats that maybe got fine tuned. Um, because from what I read, Dilla, I mean, he got he had beat tapes. That's why he wasn't overly producing any of his records. Um, so he sent you the beat that was that you know what I mean which can go into the lifetime argument of what is a beat maker what is a producer right um, now I think that Dilla was blessed because of his uh, technical ability as much as as much as this uh, artistic ability they both of them were supreme so he'll never get mistaken as just a beat maker because his technical ability matched his artistic ability and both of them were at a, an extremely high level. Um, so I don't think that he'll ever, that will ever be issue. Um, now, uh, what Robert Glasper is <laughs> talking about, which I'm, I'm going all over the place. So yeah, yeah, like I said, y'all, y'all forgive me, just the first one, so... If I'm long-winded, I might end up editing on some of this because uh, it might be a little too much. So I might end up editing some of this and then cutting this and, and hitting it to you guys in a long-form version in a different way. Because, man, your boy could talk, especially when I'm talking about stuff that I, that I uh, enjoy. And, I, and I got, like I said, I got to give Dilla his props. So what Robert Gillespie's talking about is... The, what the new jack swing um r&b over hip-hop beats changed to r&b influenced by hip-hop which like he said is really r&b or hip-hop influenced by dilla right so uh, that's what neo soul is that's what it became in the late 90s early 2000s um, that's what Spawn did, Maxwell, uh, you know, D'Angelo, Music Soul Child, um, Donald Jones to some extent, um, some of the songs, now see, Brian McKnight, I, I was about to say Brian McKnight, but I feel like Brian McKnight is... Uh, more so you relatable to like uh to Mary J Blige in the same sound, right? Most of the songs that were, I mean even even Brian McKnight's even different a little bit cuz a lot of songs he did were more in traditional R&B sense, right? So they're going to be um you know, more love songs, right? So uh relationship songs. Every once, he always had a couple songs on his albums, maybe one or two, no more than two, 
that were a little more upbeat, but it was that more Mary J. Blige style of R&B over a hip hop beat. It wasn't a beat influenced by hip hop, right? So um, definitely, like I said, Erica Badu, Joe Scott, Music Soul Child, Maxwell, Flowetry, um, a lot of those groups. Uh, that you know came out and what became the neo soul sound is definitely Jay Dilla. Now, I grew up listening to neo soul. All those artists, uh, you know, definitely got played a lot in my in my house. Um, so you know, like I said, I mean, Jay Dilla was he was behind all of that. So when I got to the point, you know, I, I'm listening to him in a black soundtrack. Going back, I found a man. That's all Jay Dilla. Now I'm listening to all my R&B favorites of Jay Dilla. Like, all my hip-hop favorites of Jay Dilla. All my R&B favorites of Jay Dilla. Like, what is a man supposed to do? I like music. It's all Dilla. So, you know what I mean? So I had to to just, you know what I mean? Deuces up. Like, you know what I mean? Respect. You the man. You him. You are him, Dilla. You are him. I wish they would have told you that when you was here, bro, because you are him. For real. That's how I felt. Like, I went back. Like, yeah, I'm like, yo, man, every what, what, every song that I ever liked outside of Wu-Tang and DMX and, and Puff Daddy is, is Dilla. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I didn't know it. So what am I supposed to do? Or at least Dilla inspire, right? You know what I mean? So so what am I supposed to do? So now I I researched as much as I could because I felt like you didn't get the credit that you deserved while you were here because it's a shame at that time being here in Detroit, I knew about Jermaine Dupree. I knew about Puff Daddy, I knew about Dr. Dre, but I didn't know about the guy who influenced the sound that really touched me and helped, uh, you know, shape me. That really, like, my parents gave down to me that we connect. I was able to connect to my parents in a closer, in a closer way because we both were vibing off of this this sound, and it's. It was Jay Dilla this whole time, and he was, he was right down. I mean, I was, like I said, I was on, was on Mirage, bro. We used to go over there to the barbecue, off Mirage, Kelly Mirage. We was over there, bro. Milts. I wouldn't have known his shoes being hot. Just fifteen minutes down Seven Mile, not even. History, bro. So, I say all that to say, support your local artists, because you never know. History could be being made right around your block, bro. It could be history. So support them, man. If they if, if it don't sound like like crap, but man, and they and they trying, and they out here really getting it, and 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 trying to, you can see they actually taking effort. I mean, if they ain't really about it, you don't know. You know if they ain't really about it, but if they really about it, I don't even care if they don't sound good. If they really about it, man, support it because somebody might like them. 
Somebody gonna catch on, man. Music is. That's the thing about music, man, and people and people don't appreciate this. The thing about music is, it's an opinion. It's an opinion based, like right? you gotta feel the music. Either you like it or you don't. But just because you don't like it, don't mean somebody else don't like it, right? There's pretty many songs that I like that don't nobody I know like. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I'm sure I'm not the only one because otherwise I would have never heard the song. Or maybe I would have. I mean, maybe I'm that one listener. But hey, I mean, you might make that person's day and they might put on more music that you like. And then you could tell a friend to tell a friend. And then that's really all it takes, man. People don't want to even listen to music unless they know that somebody else like it. Somebody that you, it's like the, it's like Chinese food, man. Music is like Chinese food, man. You ain't just about to go over to everybody Chinese food. You ain't about to just listen to everybody's songs, man. Word of mouth with music is for real. So that's why, you know, I felt like I needed to do, I have to do this. For real, like I ain't even want to record right now. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to just go to bed, man. It's tired. I had to work. I'm going to get at it tomorrow. That's why I said the last few days. That's why I ain't even put it th- this out yet. That's why. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I had to finish this. So shout out. Hold on. Let me shout out my let me shout out my man's here real quick because he, he, he was the motivator. Because I, I, I looked on Instagram. And I was cool, man. I ain't, I ain't really made the page like public like that. I ain't told nobody else, no my no my peoples about it. But somebody found me. Somebody found the show. Shout out to uh, YFL of the greatest. Uh, shout out to you, homie, because he was the first one to follow us. So big big ups to you for show. Y'all go check my man's out. Follow my man's out. He rap artist. Uh, for sure, man. Uh, b- big props to you. I'm about to follow. Look, look, we following you right now as we're rec- uh, recording. So hopefully you listen. Uh, I appreciate you. You motivated me to get back in. I was about to call it a night, man. I wasn't even about to do this. And I done spent like an hour on Dilla. So big ups to you. Oh, look. I don't wake, don't wake people up in the house and everything, man. Uh, big ups to y'all, man. Appreciate y'all for show. Uh, so as far as the the podcast, man, I really don't know as far as um, how often. But I'm really kind of thinking right now as I'm kind of getting in the groove of things and how I want to kind of separate and, and bring things out. Um, it's probably like maybe maybe at the most like three times a month for this first like month but i want to get into a groove where i'm at least giving you guys obviously like once a week um when we really get rocking if things really get popping the way that the way that i want them to i really want to hit y'all up with like two twice a week um definitely um this is going to be edited for sure um, so if you guys want to hear the full thing for sure, um, give me a little bit, like I said, that first month to kind of, to get, 
get the kinks out. Um, but I'm going to obviously keep this full recording. Um, I don't have video for it just yet. I'm probably going to have video for it. Second, third, fourth episode. Um, I'm not going to be releasing it right away. Um, there will be a way for you guys to get the full full episode whether it's a it's a patreon or it's like a direct uh a direct to consumer subscription or something like that um I, i'll keep you guys updated uh through instagram twitter uh follow me gamecube that dude uh follow the show the mc nerd jock show man i i appreciate you guys rocking with me for this first one um, i'm so excited to be able to finally uh, make this a thing this is like pfft. I've been telling people about that I've been trying to do this for like at least three years three four years so um thank you thank you Lord for for blessing me with this opportunity Just the since 29 two for 50 only at Mr. Allen could you pass the great upon please the great upon Thank you, thank you. Welcome back to our show. This is the MC Nerd Jock Show. Uh, we are now in our sports section. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not, I don't really talk like that. <laughs> hey, that reminded me of uh, that old Puff Daddy uh, No Way Out album. They got uh, Mace doing the, doing the voice. Well, thank you. We're, we're here at the live the golf event. <laughs> yeah, it'll be having me rolling. All right, so uh, NBA playoffs are, are going on. Um, I watched the play-in games. Like, yo, I think this has probably been one of the best playoffs um, in a while, like since the bubble, uh, which the bubble, just because of the atmosphere, just made the games a little bit more intense and exciting. Um because everybody was trying to, everybody was trying to win and get this playoffs over so they can get out of the bubble. Um, but uh, so I I watched a lot of games over the weekend. Um, some of them I missed. Uh, some of them I didn't finish the end. But I kind of go briefly like um, who I who I think might be taking it taking the series. Uh, in the Western Conference, we got the the Nuggets and the Timberwolves. Um, now that game I kind of watched half of it uh, I think I fell asleep at halftime but Jokic was kind of doing his thing that go, uh, Rudy Gobert pickup for the Timberwolves is finally <laughs> is finally coming through for him because they uh, Rudy Gobert was, was the first quarter looked like Jokic was the first half of the first quarter he was kind of working yeah, I mean he was doing his thing and then it uh, looked like Gobert kind of, kind of, he stopped biting on some of those fakes, and he was, he was blocking Jokic's shot a few times. Uh, but Denver ended up pulling that game out last night. Um, now the Clippers and Suns, man, that's, now that's the series right there, y'all. Hey, Westbrook, man, said, "Don't play with that boy. Don't play with that man." He came through ready to play. My man was hustling all over the court. So for y'all that was talking all all types of things about Westbrook when he left the Lakers. He said, I got something for y'all. I'm here. 
and we back, and we back, and we back. You know what I'm saying? So Clippers pulled that out from the big Westbrook block. Um, yeah, man, I, I I would love to see. I don't even like the. I mean, I don't. I'm, I'm not a big. Uh, you know what I mean? I'm I'm out here. We 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 Midwest. We outside of Detroit. We I'm Pistons fan around here. Um, but I do. I like Russell Westbrook. I like Kawhi Leonard. Um, cause I got family from from San Diego, and he went to San Diego State. Uh, so I've always liked Kawhi Leonard, even when he was in college, and and uh, the old Fab Five coach Steve Fisher was was his coach, and and they went deep in the in the NCAA tournament uh, with San Diego State. So I've liked Kawhi for a while. Um, so I, I mean, you know, although I'm not a Clippers fan, I I I would not be upset if Kawhi and Westbrook made it to the finals. Uh, Kawhi got another ring and, and Westbrook finally got one. I, I wouldn't be mad if they finally brought a chip uh, or even just went to the finals as, as a Clippers. That would be that would be really cool. Uh, next on the West Conference, we got uh, Kings and the Warriors. Now, this is the one that I didn't really get to watch, and I'm kind of disappointed because it seems like it was a good game. Uh, looked like Steph Curry was kind of was going off a little bit, but... Um, They pulled it off in the end. Let's see if we can get a quick game recap. Because it was 126-123. So I'm not even sure exactly how this thing ended. But it definitely looks like this was a series for real. Uh, and Sacramento's really coming to their own this year. Uh, they have officially, because they won a game, have officially made Detroit uh, the uh, longest team without a player the team uh the only team in the nba or i'm sorry man i can't i can't talk today they hold the record for the longest uh time frame without a playoff win uh shout out to uh detroit sports daily on instagram they posted something so uh then i was like yo get me feeling super old uh let's see detroit now holds the longest playoff win drought in the nba with uh 5,430 day, 38 days and counting and obviously it's going to be even more because they're not in the playoffs so you got to go throughout the entire season or throughout the entire off season into next season all the way back to April or all the way ahead to uh, April of 2024 before we can even try to uh, not not be on this not hold the record anymore uh so we got a whole year so tack on an under another 100 uh 300 days 365 days um so almost 5700 days uh since the pistons have have won a playoff game and that was in 2008 uh game four of the 2008 eastern conference finals uh pistons won 94 to 75 against uh the the original big three in Boston uh, with KG, Ray Allen, and Paul Pierce. So, to put it in perspective, LeBron had no rings at the time. Uh, Kobe still hadn't won without Shaq. And most of the Pistons players were uh, like third grade or less. <laughs> They were like between kindergarten and third grade when the Pistons were, were winning. Uh, so, yeah, 
that officially makes me feel old. Uh, so yeah, so that that uh, seems like a good series, man. I I, I got to catch this next game. Next game is gonna be uh, tonight. So sweet, we get to watch that uh, tonight at 10 p.m. Um, so that should be a good one for sure. What else we got here? Computers being slow on me today. Uh, Grizzlies and Lakers. I did get to watch uh, some of that game. I I saw when uh, um, John Morant went down and hurt his wrist. It looked bad. I mean, he was up there. He was trying to yam it. Uh, I think that was AD that was taking the charge. He was trying to yam it on him, and and you know couldn't didn't jump over him, and and kind of hit a brick wall and went straight down and and put his hands down. If you guys watched the clip, it it, I mean obviously it's not like visually you could see anything, but I could if you played sports you know like that kind of fall I felt it I felt it for real when he when he came down on his hand and he just you could see him rolling and then he just got up real quick and started running towards the bench just when you knew you knew it was for real so hopefully it's not a crazy injury to where he's out like for the playoffs or even for the series i mean that would be that would be a little disappointing because um i like the grizzlies i think it's a cool team uh obviously i'm uh i like lebron too um been a lebron supporter since since high school um because he was kind of the first like my generation star so uh he was uh, you know he's our jordan for for my generation so um although people always argue that it's it's kobe but i was a pistons i mean to be fair lebron got off on the pistons too but uh being that i played aau basketball in high school and, and late middle school I felt a closer connection to LeBron because he's a you know a few years older than me, and he was running, living that same life. Obviously, way to a much higher degree of of success than I was doing in AAU. But uh, you know, just running through the same circles, and and it it just I felt a connection to LeBron. Uh, so I've been a LeBron fan since back then. So it'd be you know Lakers Lakers are up this series one zero. Um, I would it'd be cool to see LeBron get another one that way he can kind of get his jersey retired with the lakers because honestly i don't think at current rate lebron hasn't done enough in the lakers uniform uh to have his jersey retired i just think that there's there's too many greats uh that have played in that laker uniform that if you're looking at lebron's career just as a laker that one championship um with no MVPs is, is you know, I mean, it's not. Shaq had, Shaq's had better seasons. Kobe's had better seasons. Kareem, Magic, worth like, I could keep going on. Uh, the logo, you know what I mean? Wilt, like, it's, I'm not saying that LeBron's not, doesn't deserve to be up there. Like, if he had, if, if we had, if LeBron was drafted by the Lakers and now we're talking 20 years with the Lakers, all the same stats and all the can well then you know it's without a question duh. um i think definitely kev obviously Cavs. he he's gonna get his jersey retired i think in order for him to get it retired with the lakers he's probably gonna have to win win one more or get an mvp something 
You got to get another another uh, trophy of some sort that to add to your belt to get that jersey retired. I mean, I don't even think I don't even know if he cares that much, but um, because I mean, it doesn't change anything. LeBron's still, you know, one of the greatest to ever play. So, all right, heading over to the East. Now the Bucks and Heat, man. Y'all, y'all be playing with Jimmy Butler. This man don't play. When it comes playoff time, he's top three. Easily top top four, top three in the league. Easy. My man's he got the determination that nobody else in this league got. He got that 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 game face for real. And nothing nothing phases that man. So it didn't surprise me. I didn't get to watch this game, but it didn't surprise me when I saw that the the Heat upset the the Bucks in the first game. Um that one I, I think is gonna go like six or seven because the heat the heat uh they they've been there before they they can't they come ready to play man uh Cavs Knicks man this has been a good series I watched a little bit of this game uh Randall Julius Randall it's funny kind of watching him because he's he's a little bit of a like he's a, I see why he does uh, you know why he's really getting success uh these last couple years with the Knicks because I, I hate playing against players like him, man. Like, he's just, he's wiry. Like, he, it seems like he, like, has no control over his body or, like, what he's doing with the ball, but he obviously does. You know, you know what I mean? He's a professional. But it just, those type of players that, like, are kind of, like, all over the place with their <laughs> with their movements and stuff, It's it, it makes them hard to guard. I mean, it's, they're easy to guard if they have no talent or skill. Because, you know, I mean, they don't know what they're doing. They barely, they look clumsy and goofy. But when they're skilled and they have talent and athleticism to go with that awkwardness, it's it's hard to guard, man, because you're like, what the heck are you doing, man? I don't even, you, you feel, your footing ain't right. I don't know what to watch on your body to try to figure out which way you're moving. Like, it's it, it, it works for them, you know what I mean? Um, so that's going to be a good series for sure. I, I expect Donovan Mitchell to come back ready to ready to uh, uh, get a win for the Cavs and, and stick it to the Knicks since they weren't able to figure out something for him to, to be on the Knicks. So uh, the 76ers Nets, um, you know, I applaud the Nets for all the craziness and uh, distractions that they that they went through all year. But I think this one's going to be uh, going to be over in five. At the, I'd be surprised six. Definitely, I don't, I don't think it's going to seven. Uh, Celtics and Hawks. Uh, I just think Boston, man, Boston's—they're just too talented. Uh, we've seen this matchup a few times, and and it's kind of a tough matchup for the Hawks at first, you know, right out the gate. But you know, it is what it is. You gotta you gotta win games in the season so that you're not in this position. Uh, but the Celtics, I think, are gonna win win this one in five as well. The bottom half of the East, the the 3-6 matchup and the 2-7 is not as exciting to me. Um, We'll see, though. Maybe the Hawks can can make it, turn it into something. I mean, they got a good group of young players, so I I don't want to say it like... I think all the teams that are in the playoffs are really good teams. That's why I think this is one of the best playoffs we've seen seen in a while. Like, if anyone... if, If any of these turns into an upset... Except for like maybe the the Hawks and the Celtics and and Nets and Seventy Sixers, like if any of these other teams, the lower seed wins, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Um, you know they're really good teams from from 
from one to one to five on the east. Uh, six and seven are, are good teams. I wouldn't say they're really good teams. Uh, and then, you know, pretty much one through eight <laughs> are some pretty good teams. I mean, Timberwolves take it or leave it sometimes. But, um, you know, I this is going to be a really good series. So I, I'm making my prediction now. Uh, man, this is tough. All right. This is what I got in the Con- Western Conference Finals. Uh, I got the Clippers. Mm, I said it, didn't I? I got the Clippers. And I have the Warriors. Now in the Eastern Conference Finals, I have the Bucks and I have the Celtics. Pretty predictable, right? Um, then I'm going to go Celtics over the Bucks, put them in the Finals. Um, let's go with the Clippers. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. I can't believe I'm doing it. The Clippers versus the Celtics in the finals. Uh, that actually would be kind of cool because I think it could go either way. Might not actually happen, but it's who I could see it happening. It's who I would love to see in the finals. It may not be exact. Uh, probably if I was, if I had to put money on it, I wouldn't. I wouldn't probably make these predictions. But I'm not a big gambler, so this is what I'm going with. <laughs> so uh, let's see. I got Celtics, Clippers, Finals. Um, <clears throat> all right, you know what? I'm gonna be the one. Clippers are going to win this thing, man. They're finally going to bring a chip back home. I believe in Westbrook. They're finally going to get a banner up there. They got a new stadium coming soon. It's 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 the Clippers' time. I said it. You heard it here. That's right. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. So uh, I don't have a whole lot of sports news um, this week. I, I unfortunately haven't had a ton of time to, to catch up on it. Um. So, I do want to play you guys this this clip, and I think you guys should go check out the uh, um, All the Smoke podcast with um, Stephen Jackson and Matt Barnes. They had uh, the big homie Isaiah Thomas from the Pistons on there, and it was they they really covered some really cool stuff. But um, they, I saw this clip where they were talking about Dennis Rodman and I just think it it speaks volume to how the teammate I mean I don't know you know watching watching uh you know once he got to Chicago and and Dennis Rodman um watching that last dance documentary you know he definitely it's crazy he went to Chicago and somehow it became Hollywood right um his time in Detroit, like he was, is interesting because I think that it doesn't—he doesn't get enough. Dennis Rodman doesn't get enough credit um, because of all the cement, you know, crazy. I don't want to say crazy, but all the extra stuff outside of basketball that became part of his, you know, gimmick or image uh, in Chicago and then L.A. 
in the brief stint with with San Antonio. Um, you know, before before he dyed his hair and and painted his nails and all that, and he was in Detroit. Um, like he really was one of the best basketball players to ever play. Definitely one of the best defenders, one of the best rebounders. Um, and this little clip that I want to play you from from the All the Smoke podcast. Shout out to those guys. Um, hearing Isaiah Thomas kind of talk about Dennis Rodman, I think that it really, uh, really kind of explains his where where Dennis' mindset was at on on the court, and and those are the type of people that you want standing next to you. Never saw anybody scientifically break down rebounding the way Dennis Rodman did. Our first couple of games, we'd be in the layup line. And then he stopped, and he just stand under the rim. You lay it up, and you start taking little short pull-up shots. Mm-hmm. So whenever we start taking short pull-up shots, he would stop. What you doing, man? Get in line. He's like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm counting. Dennis was a little strange anyway. I'm like, I ain't going to even respond to that. I'm just going <laughs> to go back to the left. Nigga, what is you counting? <laughs> yeah. Now we break up, and he's still standing under the basket. And he's just looking at everybody ball. I said, what you doing? I'm counting the spins on the ball. And when you shoot your ball spin like three times, Joe sometimes spent four. This dude was counting the rotations on the ball on every player. He knew how long it was going to be in the air, how many times it rotated, where it was going to hit, where it would bounce. I had never seen nobody break mm, down rebounding like crazy. that in my life. That, that is kind of insane. He was a genius, that's man. Dope. Dennis Rodman was a flat-out genius. Never saw any... Yeah. <laughs> that's incredible. Um, Just speaking, I mean, I can... I can guarantee, I can almost guarantee you, I've never, ever played with someone who looked at the game of basketball that way. And I played a lot of basketball in my day. Um, yeah, man, that's that's truly incredible. So shout out to Dennis Rodman, shout out to Isaiah Thomas, uh, and of course, shout out to uh, Steven and, and Matt. Uh, on all the smoke podcasts, you guys have been doing an amazing job. So shout out to you guys too. Um, like I said, I don't have a whole lot on sports this week. Um, you know, I, I take that back. I do just want to say a brief, something brief about the whole women's NCAA championship that 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 uh, you know transpired. I just want to shout out both of those young ladies. First, I want to shout out Angel, uh, Angel Reese. I don't think she did anything wrong. She was out here playing, balling. Everybody was talking trash throughout the whole tournament. All the ladies were. Uh, just let them play, man. You don't got to be everything like that. Um, and I'm going to just say it right here. Because I thought that it was cool that Caitlin Clark like came out and you know said it wasn't a big deal. And you know it was part of the game, whatever. Um, it was. I was glad because that was the right thing. That's exactly what she should have done. Um, so thank you for doing what you should have, what you should do. Um, but I, it's you know, it doesn't surprise me. Um, because we've been seeing it, you know, since since the beginning. Um, but of course, I mean, Caitlin, Caitlin Clark was 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 all up in everybody, everybody face. Talking mad trash, telling people to shut up. You down by twelve? You down by fifteen? What you talking for? Like she talking big talk out there on the court. You know what I'm saying? 
like where I'm from, people talking like that, like it's either either they scratch, either it's it's really heated game and there's some money on the line, somebody on the sideline, you know, putting some money down, or are we about are we about two seconds away from scrapping. You talking talk like that, you know what I'm saying? So it's it's just interesting how you know Caitlin was praised for being competitive and. Look, she's so she's got so much fire and so much passion for the game. And then Angel Reese does the same same thing and it's like, well, that's classless and whatever happened to be a good sport. You know, it's the same thing. Shut up and dribble. You know, it's the same type of same type of mindset. Um so that doesn't surprise me. Um but I'm not here to bash anybody, so I, I want to shout both of those young ladies out. I'm I'm proud of you guys for the way that you guys uh, have truly been able to dominate your your sport. So that's that's amazing. Uh, yeah, I think that's it for the sports this week. Um, like I said, as we progress, it'll be a little bit more relevant to to what's going on, and and try to be a little bit more update. Um. But right now, for these first few episodes, trying to get the kinks out, uh, I apologize. Um, if it's, you know, if everything's not as pressed and cut perfectly, um, but we'll get there. You know what I'm saying? So, I, I, I like I said, I, I appreciate you guys for rocking with me. If you guys have sat through some of this stuff, uh you know, you, you, you are appreciated for sure. I just want you guys to know that. Um, and if no one listens, hey, well, at least I got some some uh, things off my chest. <laughs> All right. What else we got? We got to get into some nerd stuff. What up, though? We live at the River Rock tonight. What up, though? This is uh, the Black Ninja. Live, in effect. Yo, so, I checked this Wu-Tang documentary. I heard that documentary. Uh, the last season, season three of the uh, Wu-Tang series on Hulu. Um, they definitely switched it up for the last season. Uh, for sure, the the ODB episode. So basically, um, season three really kind of breaks down, you know, the formula uh, of how RZA, you know, had his plan, his his five year plan, um, and. Uh, it was actually kind of cool, you know, how they gave each album kind of their own individual episode, you know, whether it was uh, uh, Ghostface Iron Man, it was Method Man, uh, Takao, uh, it was uh, Jizza, Liquid Swords, uh, and then of course, uh, Raekwon, The Purple Tape, uh, only built for Cuban links and then they 
you know, closed it out with the double album. And even got into, obviously, the albums that weren't made. Uh, you know, from You Got to, to Inspector Deck, Master Killer. You know, they didn't really get into Capadonna's albums. No, actually, I think they did. They did briefly talk about it. Um, that Cap got, got signed. Um, so, you know, it was cool. Um, uh, and obviously, the ODB album, which I was about to get into ODB episode. ODB episode was 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 cool. Uh, it was definitely off the wall, which, you know, so was the album. Um, so that was kind of interesting. And then probably my favorite one, even though my favorite album out of the bunch is Liquid Swords, probably the only built, uh, only built for Cuban Links episode, the Purple Tape episode was the was was probably the best. Like, uh, I don't even know what they call it. I think it was like anthology type of of show where they, uh, it's a little bit derivative or, or a little bit changed from the usual style that they've been filming the rest the rest of the season the rest of the series in where this it's like it's telling you a story like any regular series that you see and then they might have an episode where someone has like a dream and it's everyone's playing a different character it's still the same people from the show but they're all playing different characters so they did that type of episode um, for mm, pretty much everybody's album except for the Wu-Tang album. Um, actually, for Meths, I don't think they I don't think they did for Method Man's, uh, but definitely for ODBs, for uh, Raekwon's. Oh, I'm sorry, they didn't for Ghosts either. Uh, so Raekwon. Um, Jizza and ODB were, were that style of, of episodes. Um, so the the Raekwon one was, you know, he it was it was like a it was like a mob movie or a mob show. So it was it was kind of dope when uh, like they even included some of some of the the you know so-called beefs that were going on at the time or or you know at least the thinking at the time that that ray and ghost were kind of thinking at the time the mindset that they had going into the album it really kind of explained everything but in a cinematic way which was which was which i thought was cool uh, especially if you know, you know, what I mean, when they, when, without giving up too much, um, which, you know, is already out, but I try to be, I don't, I try not to spoil it for people that haven't seen it because it's kind of cool, but, uh, if you just know, like some of those, uh, interludes or skits that are on the purple tape when, when Ray and Ghost are talking, especially Ghost, 
and some of the things that he's saying, well, whenever they're trying to figure out the theme of what they're trying to put out to the streets, they have to go, they go around to some of the people they were cool with at the time, and then some of the people that they may or may not have issue or beef with. So it's kind of cool when they go around to those different people. And one of the episodes when they, uh, well, I mean, I guess I, this is this should be common knowledge by now. Um, but you know, during that that album um, on the Purple Tape, I forget what song it is, but there's a song where uh, Ghost is talking, and uh, he says, "Oh, they over there trying to." Trying to put the baby on the on the on the cover of the album like like Nas, like Esco, like Esco did, and then which is obviously a, a shot at, at at Biggie because you know Biggie on the cover of Ready to Die had had the baby on there, and he was trying. Uh, Ghost was saying that he Big was was biting Nas uh, on Il, on the cover of Elmatic. So, uh, the scene where they, there's a scene in the show where they meet up with, with, with Big, and it's just, it's, it's a cool scene. It, it, it reminds me of like an episode of The Sopranos when, when Tony and them had to go into the city and, 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 and go see the New York guys who, you know, they didn't, they never really knew if they were, if they was really cool with them, yeah, I mean, it was all part of the of the, of the, of the families, but they didn't really know if they was cool with them. They was right always on the edge of beef, so it was it was kind of like a scene like that. So it was it was cool to see. Um, but yeah, I definitely think everyone should go watch it. You gotta support Wu Tang. You already know. Uh, if you know anything about me, you already know that I. Uh, I definitely mess with Wu Tang. Love, uh, love Jizza. Uh, love Rizza. I love them all, man. Uh, I got to see him when they came out here uh, with Nas, and that was a dope show, man. I was hoping Busta Rhymes was gonna be there, man. Bust wasn't there. I was disappointed. I was disappointed, but it's all good, man. We gonna we gonna see him next time he come through. And you know, I was supposed to see him. Man, we ain't even gonna start, man. We ain't even gonna start. I was supposed to see another concert, and then that concert got got canceled. Hey, bus man, next time you come to Detroit, man, I, I, I'm there for sure. For sure. Uh, so what else I've been watching? Um, I've been watching Ted Lasso. Uh, this new season. Man, this show is maybe I maybe I'll save that for the sports. We'll, we'll, we'll get into that on, on on the sports end. Um, so Mandalorian. Then we'll go into. Oh no, you know what? Yo, hey, I buried the lead, man. I buried the lead. What have I done? I apologize, y'all. I went straight into this Wu Tang series. Mm. I was tripping, man. Yo, it's time, man. 
they finally put a real date on it. It's time. We about to see Miles come back. My man done, done grew. He look like he about six foot three now. He done put some bass in his voice a little bit, you know what I'm saying? He really going in, you know what I mean? Miles out here trying to protect the whole universe, the multiverse. Peter Parker done messed up the multiverse in the MCU, and then Miles got to come and put the thing back together. That's what's happening. Y'all, y'all see it? I know y'all saw it. Y'all saw the trailer. Y'all saw it, right? If you didn't see it, what I need you to do right now, stop the tape. Stop the tape. But I need you to go to your closest phone, your closest tablet, your closest iPad, whatever you got, whatever your laptop is, whatever the screen you got, tell your Alexa, tell somebody that you you need to uh, if if you're driving what i need you to do is get somewhere safely please right now get somewhere safely and i need you to watch this trailer then i need you to get back on the road and then i need you to, to come back and, and 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 talk to us and listen cuz cuz this is this is going to be out the chain i'm telling you across the spider verse is is is, is the one I mean, Into the Spider-Verse was, was the one, too. So how you gonna... Now that makes three. The one and the two. The, uh, what am I gonna do? What am I going to do, man? This is top tier. Top tier animation every time. It's 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 always on point, man. It's, it's, it's got me flustered a little bit. I, I almost want to play it. But I know I can't play it, but I want to play it. You know, that type of feeling. Hold on. We, we might have to take a, a quick break just, just so everybody can watch it. All right. We're going we gonna to come right back. Did you watch it? I hope that you watched it because man, oh man, oh man, oh man. Let me tell you guys. Uh for real, this is gonna be this is gonna be a good one. Um So I saw a lot of things. I mean, and out of respect for the people that didn't see it, um, I'm gonna count to five, and then I'm gonna run off these names of the things that I saw. Do you not understand that this is about to be legendary? One, two, three, four, and five. All right. Yo, this thing pops off. He's talking stuff, getting in trouble. He done full teenaged out on us, like a teenage mutant ninja turtle. We got Spider Woman. 
right off the gate. Of course, we got Spider Man uh, 2099. Let's see, Ultimate Spider. Gwen. to be off the chain I'm telling you man I'm so excited for this movie I've been waiting June 2nd man we in there yo they got this scene man this this is the picture right here this is dope there's a scene where Miles is 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 it's kind of floating with no with no no shoes on, no gloves on, no mask on, and there's uh, some people chasing them, and it, it, the still shot is just incredible. It's kind of cool. Uh, for real though, I'm, I'm excited for Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Uh, the official trailer just dropped uh, a couple days ago now, I think. Um, this is going to be a good summer for Marvel. Just, you know, I mean, I just saw and going into the fall, too. I, I just watched the trailer for or teaser for Miss Marvel's or I'm sorry, excuse me, the Marvel's. And uh, you got Miss Marvel, got Captain Marvel. Um, and then you got uh, Monica Rambeau. Um, man, this it, it, is gonna be gonna be really cool. And then, pardon me, I have not seen Ant Man. I have uh, seventeen kids, so I haven't made it to the movies. But we uh, we definitely going to check Ant-Man out when it comes out it's actually hitting the streaming service before it hits uh, Disney Plus so um, I don't know how well it actually did in sales Um, but usually when they Marvel's been releasing all their movies since since it came out pretty much um you know after it's ran its course in the theaters then it debuts on um Disney Plus and then it will release on streaming services where people that don't have Disney Plus can buy it or rent it um with Quantum Mania, let's see. Uh, I'm sorry, it's coming out on yeah, like it's uh, digital, uh, not not on streaming first. Looks like April 18th, so. Uh, 
very soon, if not already by the time you're listening to this. So hopefully, uh, you know, I get a chance to, to check that out uh, soon and uh, meet back with you guys on, on episode two and we can kind of kick kick game about that because, man, I've been waiting on, on Kang since since Loki. And and for the people out here that's not giving the Disney Plus shows a chance, you're really missing out, man. I, I think that's been way better than the actual movies that have been put out for this Phase 4. Uh, so please give uh, give those Disney, Disney Plus shows a chance, man. Because Loki's been dope. Uh, WandaVision was, <laughs> was dope. Uh, crazy, but dope. Um. Uh, this, now Falcon and the Winter Soldier wasn't as good as the others, but it wasn't bad at all. Uh, Moon Knight I thought was dope. Um, Miss Marvel is an ill show. So, uh, oh, and then uh, uh, Hawk, uh, Hawkeye's show was dope too. Um, with uh, uh. Oh man, I I'm tripping. Why can't I remember her name? Um, She Hulk was dope. Hold on, I, I'm looking. I'm something with a K. Why? Uh, I'm mad at myself. Uh, uh, Kate, Kate Bishop, duh. I'm, I'm tripping. Uh, Kate Bishop was 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 ill. I I I I mess with her hard. She's 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 dope. Um, yeah. I mean, all those shows are, are really good. For real, y'all should y'all should give them a chance. Mandalorian. Um, Mandalorian's cool. I'm this this newest season. Now the episode, well, the, there's an episode where he uh, has a run-in. Man, I don't want to give stuff away for people that haven't been watching. Well, let's just say there's an episode where people get together. And uh, make a hard choice. A couple hard, there's back to back episodes where people make some hard choices and uh, come together. And um, those episodes are, are really cool. Um, I don't know about um, the rest of the season, especially the first. Few, I don't know. There's a couple episodes where I just feel like it's. I'm like, yo, this is a filler episode, which is so it's cool, I guess. But I mean, if I'm only getting like six, seven episodes, I mean, what are we filling for? There's no reason to fill. Just give me. I mean, maybe they don't need to be. I mean, they're not long at all either. So I don't, I don't know. I trust John. Uh, 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 man, <laughs> uh, I trust uh, John Favreau, but 
Um, I don't know. We'll see how it ends. Usually, how how that's how it goes, right? You we get upset in the middle or at the beginning, and then it ends up closing out the way we want it to. So we really don't need to, uh, you know, get too upset, uh, especially before we see the end. This episode that just dropped as I'm recording this, that I haven't watched, so who knows? I could watch this episode and feel completely different. And I'm next time y'all hear from me, I'm over here talking about it's the best series in the world or something. Who knows? Um, but uh, definitely, I watched the whole Andor uh, series. My goodness, my goodness, that is. That's probably the best Star Wars that I've seen. Um, and shout out to a couple of people that had told me to, to stick through it because that starts out slow in the first episode or two. Um, it's funny that we're talking about it. It brings us right into it. That that first episode starts out slow, a little bit second too, but it's it's worth it. You got to stick it through because like, once it starts running. It don't stop. It can't stop, won't stop. It can't stop, won't stop, baby. It can't stop, won't stop. It just keeps going. It keeps going. You know what I'm saying? That Charlie Clips. It just keeps going. Uh, for real, because it just takes off, and, and, and it's it's great. So um, all my people out here who uh, don't have Disney+, Plus. If you don't have any of the, of the ones, the apps, right? Because his, his, man, why I keep going? I'm going off on tangents on the first one. Now this is y'all, y'all, y'all bear with me. Pray for me. Um, this what's happening, right? So we they're basically making us back, turning us back into cable because I got to pay for different packages basically now, and it's more expensive than it used to be. It seems like. I don't know. Um, so you got your regular TV if you're trying to watch sports, at least. That's what I'm trying to watch. Uh, and then everything else is I, I have streaming apps. Um, but personally, I feel like Disney Plus, HBO Max, Apple TV. Man, see, they get you. Because the thing about, so the thing with Disney Plus, right? So if you get the package, you get the ESPN, you get the D, or ESPN Plus, right? Because you don't even get, you don't even get in the ESPN. So uh, you only get ESPN Plus, which you can't even watch live, anything live off of there. So you get ESPN Plus, you get Hulu with ads, and then you get Disney Plus. So that's the, that's what I think the best deal is. That's why I say Disney Plus. Because you're also going to get Hulu, which will give you all the Fox's content. Um, and then HBO Max is the other one because now you got all DC, you got all of like all the comedy stuff, you got you know everything's on all the movie, biggest movies, best shows, old school shows. You go Sopranos, Entourage, The Wire, all of that. HBO, right? Um, Apple TV, 
I like Ted Lasso, man. And, and I, I haven't really, really watched that morning show with Jennifer Aniston. But I heard that was dope, too. I heard there's a couple other shows. But um, definitely those are the ones you want to you wanna rock with. Um, but I'm going to check out the latest episode of Mandalorian. Uh, I still got to watch Avatar 2. Uh, got to catch this newest Ant-Man one to finally catches on, on digital. Um, and then I'm going to get back with y'all on that end. Um, I might end up doing like separate episodes to kind of go in depth with some of these big ones. Like definitely with like Ant-Man, um, possibly Avatar. Maybe I'll break down my theory that Avatar is really a ripoff of Fern Gully. <laughs> uh, so maybe I'll go into that with you guys uh, on the next episode. Thank you so much for rocking with us. Uh, y'all have a wonderful and um, blessed week, and I'll catch y'all back next time. It's your boy GameCube. Peace.